This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we're live on the air on our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch channels with Celinda Wilson for the first time. Welcome to the program. How are you doing tonight? I'm well. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, I let everybody know we are a featured podcast on the Newsly platforms. There you can see that icon up there. Listen on Newsly. Use coupon code GHOST and receive one month free premium subscription so you can stop scrolling and start listening. Again, we are a featured podcast on that platform, so check us out. Uh, later tonight, you'll be able to hear the audio version of this on Newsly. So thank you again for being on the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So this is episode 889 of the Family Electric Ghost Cast. Uh, we're, we're happy to be out here for this amount of time. And for this episode, we're going to focus on this topic, how to create the life if you want. So maybe you want to talk about you are a um, personal development enthusiast and uh, we uh, certified holistic health practitioner. Yes. Um, so, yeah, both of those things are true. Uh, all of my life I've had, you know, I've enjoyed improving upon myself, making myself better each and every day, any, any type of way I can. Um, I guess that really started when I was around 18, getting into self-help books and things like that. And then just, you know, as time has gone on, I've just enjoyed it more and decided I wanted to, it's kind of like a um, progression of realization that I've come to what I'm doing right now. So I didn't always know that I wanted to do this, just kind of, kind of spraying into action. Yeah, self-actualization actualization is, is really interesting because I'm, I'm a producer, podcaster, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and a musician. And a lot of times musicians, we try to like self-actualize to actually make something happen. And we create like this other version of ourselves yeah. because the day-to-day -day version of ourselves doesn't actually, it isn't the same as what we present on stage. And so we actually become like this other person. And you can see with actors and other people who are like in, in, in kind of entertainment, mm -hmm. but self-actualization happens you know, when you're not just a musician, if you're, you find that you, you, you've become something else. A lot of people realize that they might be doing a nine to five and they're not satisfied and they right. want to do something else. So is it that type of thing that you just, over time, you, you, you got closer to what you really wanted to do and what you want to be? Absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, my mid thirties, I'd say that I was looking at my life schedule being I was working nine to five. I was spending like two hours in traffic every day, hauling <laughs> my kids back and forth. And I was just like, I just I don't want this for the rest of my life. So I have to do something different. So I start thinking about how I wanted to work half the time and make more money. Right. I didn't know how that was going to come about, but I was like, OK, I want to work half the time. I want to make more money. And then what happened is I landed a job as a professor and I began teaching at um, a local college and um, and it came true. I was working half the time, making a lot more money um, and starting to create the life that I want further by asking for other things like having a nice, easy drive to work, which was great. A nice, easy 20 minutes with no lights. Um, and, you know, just being able to get up and go walk my dogs in the morning or have more flexibility and freedom in my, in my schedule. So just start creating those things. Um, and to share how I start doing that is just, it's really about knowing what you want. Once you know what you want, um, it's easier to attain those things. So knowing that I want to have a certain life where I'm 
able to have more flexibility, I have to think about well, what things do I really, you know, what does it take to get that and start thinking about those steps and then actually taking action on it. And that's basically what I do. I think that's the, the basis of manifestation because you have to know what you want. You have to have the desire for it and then take the action, you know, figure out the steps and take action on the steps in order to, you know, realize it to, to come to you. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah, I think I, I, I totally get it because like I, I, I'm an IT person. Mm -hmm. For many years, I was a road warrior and it was kind of the measure in our industry that we've traveled to the client site, we kind of do whatever is necessary. We work 60 hours, 100 hours a week. We just kind of burn ourselves out. And people think of like, you get judged by how much time you're willing to be that road warrior. Mm -hmm. And over time I said, well, you know, I don't need to do that. I can still do what I'm doing and I can do it remotely and I can enjoy my home. And so for the last three, five, three, oh, five years, I've been remote yes. and I've been able to actually make more money, less time at the airport, this time it's stuck in traffic, being able to garden, exercise, take care of my health, take care of my family. And, and a lot of people felt like, well, you know, this is like all or nothing. You either, you're that road warrior and you have to do that <laughs> to get recognized or could you actually do something else? And it's a lot of times we put the ceiling on ourselves. We think that there's no other possibility. Right. right? But I think a lot of times you have to have the imagination or the, to kind of like look in the mirror and say, what do I really want? And, you know, not be scared. I think fear is probably the biggest thing that stops people, right? Like do you have that fear of, of something different, right? Absolutely. I totally agree um, with all of that. Yeah, definitely fear is the biggest thing. I mean, even in, even in this part of my journey where I, you know, quit my, job as teaching and then decide to go and be an entrepreneur, you know, that dive without having a whole bunch of supportive backing behind me and just, you know, relying on and believing in myself and, and stuff like that and remind having to remind myself that I am capable. You know, I know that I'm able to do whatever I set my mind to and just pushing myself to do that. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of um, fighting back those imposter thoughts and things like that and just remembering to stay focused on, um, you know, building and moving forward. So I totally, that fear can get you if you, if you don't, you know, if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. Well, fear is the big thing. I mean, as, a, as an artist, a lot of times as an artist, we get scared of um, our own material. If you talk to a lot of people from novelists to painters, to poets, to musicians, they have a, this big catalog of stuff, right. Mm -hmm. That they're scared to show people or they think isn't good. And the problem I, I, what I've learned over time as an artist, you know, starting from being age like 17 and I'm 55, mm -hmm. is you don't, aren't always the best judge of your catalog of work. And if you hold on to things and never show anybody, you limit possibilities. And a lot of artists actually are self-limiting because they yeah. don't show people, the, they have a thousand songs, they show people two of them, right? Yeah. And like, how do you know that those other 998 wouldn't make it if you don't dare to show anybody. Right, right. You definitely have to know you're, you're worthy. I think it's just not, you know, it's it's almost like low a low self-esteem or a chronic low self-esteem that sometimes we're not aware that we have, right? You're not aware that you're really holding yourself back. Um, and, and that can happen. And once you realize it, though, 
I think that you can still become anxious and afraid, but if you have some mm-hmm. type of, um, you know, inspiration or someone pushing you or some type of support, you definitely can start taking those steps moving forward. Uh, I think something that I use too is just anytime that I feel like um, I'm not balanced or, you know, I get a little nervous about entering into something new, I remind myself of all the things that I've come through uh, and that I've worked through and it's just come out just fine because why I put one foot in front of the other, as long as I keep doing that and staying focused, it, it turns out. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times it's like a lot of people's thinking, you know, like, like a lot of people kind of go with the crowd. And if you're a creator or somebody who's an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. you have to be have the courage to have um kind of audacity and people are like well how do you why do you think you you deserve to be able to do it's really like every musician if you ever look at them they have to have a certain level of arrogance to a certain degree to be able to get on stage to believe they should be there right and some people look at that well you know you'll get a lot of haters they say well how (laughs) how can you do that right how can you do that because most people don't want to do that it's outside their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I find that like with people who are like creators or entrepreneurs or CEO, how did they get there? Because they, they didn't do all those self-limiting things. You know, they, they started to think a little bit out the box. Yeah. And it's, it's probably hard. So maybe like you, how do you, how is your thinking different from society? Because like what I find is the people who really push it aren't doing what like the everyday normal nine to five person just comfortable being in the same thing for 20 years. That's not what they do. Yeah. Um, I think my thinking is different in a lot of different ways. Say, for example, um, just in what you were just speaking about, the way that I look at certain things, like you said that musicians have to have a certain level of um, arrogance to a degree, but I don't, I can, I look at it as, you know, is it arrogance that you need to have or is it confidence? It really should be confidence because arrogance is, a, in a sense, is more of a, you know, kind of a, has a little bit of a negativity to it that is, can bring negativity versus yeah. confidence is more of knowing you and knowing your self-worth. So I think it really always just points to that. Do you have the confidence? Do you believe in your skills and abilities to go out and make the music or do whatever it is? Um, you don't really want arrogance. Arrogance means that there's some form of ignorance there. So that's that's how I look at it. I just well, think yeah. of things a little bit different. Yeah. Well, I think what happens is it's like that your critics might call you arrogant, but it's the confidence. Because yeah. like when you're able to strut on stage like like a Mick Jagger or a David <laughs> Bowie or Tina Turner, people look at it like, well, how do you do that? And people, you know, some of the critics would like, well, you know, they kind of have this like air about them, right? Mm-hmm. So your critics and the haters will say that, but it's really mm-hmm. the self-confidence. Absolutely. And, you know, and a lot of people, if you actually find, you know, the truth about a lot of people you, you see in that position, mm-hmm. they actually are very shy a lot of times before they get to the stage self version of themselves, they're yeah. almost like, it's like there is a certain level of kind of hyper reality like a hyper version of yourself that Absolutely. you put in like your stage version. Like even when you're a public speaker, there's kind of like you're, you're an actor. It's like, you have to learn some theatrical capabilities. Yeah. And when you do that, you're kind of this other version of you, like the other you, there's this mm-hmm. idea in poetry. And yeah. I think when people start to realize that the potential of the other you, which is mm-hmm. actually still you, 
you're just accessing a different part of you. So maybe you can, you know, is that, do you think in the same kind of terms or maybe you have different ways of looking at it? Um, So that's almost like alter ego. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not always in the same mode, (laughs) right? So, I mean, I have a goofy side. We all have these different ways and or different, um, you know, personalities and things at times, different ways that we behave. I don't behave the same way when I go to, you know, hanging out with my girlfriends. I'm not Professor Celinda. I'm, you know, Celinda, right? (laughs) You know? Um, And I think, too, uh, that, yes, you're mentioning about haters and things like that. I think that when you have an understanding of who you are, uh, the, the weight of other people's opinions don't really matter. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter at all. Mm-hmm. What what other people's opinions really tell you is more about them, how what you're doing affects them, but it, it's about them. It's not about you. And as long as you're confident in what you're doing, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, go out and shine and be bright and, and beautiful and bold and not worry about what people have to say, because I mean, you can use it as a litmus test if it's going to help um, inspire you and encourage you to grow further or something like that. But if it's something that holds you down, makes you feel bad, you feel something like that, that's, that's not the type of energy you want. And that's not something you want to be taking in. So, um, yeah, the weight of other people's opinions, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't matter to me. It It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter, but it seems like there's a lot of uh, peer pressure to fit in to society. Like there's an idea, like in like I was a sociology major, and there's mm-hmm. this idea of being you know anal me, which if you're like disconnected from society, most people don't want to be disconnected, so they're willing to accept certain norms and mores, mm-hmm. and so those tend to make you kind of get along, to mm-hmm. go along to get into templates, mm-hmm. and the people who become kind of like the alphas or the people who become executives or become leadership roles are willing to push beyond what is the normal kind of acceptable practice to kind of challenge things because it's hard to actually sit there and raise your hand, like, you know, and actually speak because then people are going to judge what you say. Some people are so concerned about what the effects of what they said are that Mm -hmm. they don't actually speak. Yeah. Like other people speak for it for them. Yeah. I agree. I, I used to be one of those people. <laughs> you know, I had I had bad social anxiety where I wouldn't be on this podcast today. I remember uh, one of the worst times I was standing up in front of a history class and I was supposed to be reading a paper. And as soon as I opened my mouth, it sounded like I was underwater, like literally each word just sound, mm-hmm. you know, gurgly. And that's how after that, I was just like, I don't ever want to speak in front of anybody. I don't want to I don't want anybody to mention anything good that I do. I'm going to cut it off. I was concerned about what people thought about me. Uh, I was worried about, I wanted people to like me, but I felt very awkward with uh, connecting with people because I grew up in a more kind of shy, you know, and solidary kind of life. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to fit in, but I couldn't fit in. I tried. I tried real hard. It just didn't work out. It was very awkward. I couldn't make it work. Um, and that's when I, you know, I just realized that obviously that was not was what was supposed to happen. And mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely know about what you're talking about in terms of trying to fit in and then, and being concerned about what people are saying or, you know, whether they think you're good, are you a good musician? 
or yeah. are you not? Yeah, I think it's like the childhood trauma because, like, you know, when I was I was a young kid, mm-hmm. I was told to, um, uh, I guess, give a give a speech. I don't know. I was like in sixth grade or something. I had to do something in front of an assembly, mm-hmm. and I was shaking and I was I couldn't do it. I, I just mm-hmm. and I, I as a musician, I was always in the back. I was mm-hmm. always like playing clarinet or sax or playing keyboards. Never was like really out front, mm-hmm. and. Eventually, there was like this thing that happened with me, like I think it's kind of crucible, is that at age 27, I had cancer. I had a level three sarcoma oh. and I beat it. And oh. after that, I said, well, why should I be scared anymore? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do things that I, I because I'm, I felt like I got a second chance. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I'm going to try to actually, I'm going to sing, even though I never sang before. I'm going to be the lead in this band. I'm going to go do a podcast. I'm going to be a host. I'm going to do these things. And I started to just not be scared because I said, mm-hmm. you know, once you have a crucible moment, mm-hmm. then, then it, it kind of gets, you're not scared anymore. Yeah. And cause you like, I beat something. So it's like, so do you have some kind of, I, I mentioned in your, in your, in your questions, you like to answer uh, how you were able to heal from childhood trauma. Is that part of your progression? Yeah. Um, so in terms of healing from my childhood, um, you know, things that I did for that was basically kind of like go back, like visualization, kind of like go back and meet me at that age of the traumas that I experienced. Something that just took a process, but I did it. And I basically went back and provided comfort um, to that part of me that felt like it needed it. And um, yeah, and then, you know, what happens after that is just Basically, those feelings are still there, but they're not um, anything that like holds you back or or anything like that. And I think in terms of um, progressing to now, uh, I kind of sorry, I kind of lost where I was going with this. But um, childhood traumas and and healing them definitely is something that had to take place. And um, I'm sorry, <laughs> I forgot the rest. I'm so sorry, I forgot the rest of the question. No, that that's fine. I mean, I think it's just a, a matter of like childhood trauma. I think people have to kind of deal with it head on and then they discover, because I, what I find after talking to a lot of therapists and a lot of analysts mm-hmm. and people who are like life coaches, they, they've mentioned that kind of facing that inner child mm-hmm. was like a lot of how they actually solve problems that with, with like the, the, the kind of, glass ceilings that people put on themselves is, is a yeah. lot of it is because they didn't heal that inner child or, or they didn't yeah. solve, they didn't have that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for a lot of the childhood trauma that I solved, I, um, I can't really say that there were things that were, I, I can't really tell which things were holding me back in, in terms of the things I went back in and helped if that makes mm-hmm. sense I, I can't really explain it but yeah, yeah. um oh my computer just shut off sorry um and uh and then that just took my attention but i'm gonna say about that okay i'm sorry <laughs> so i think it's i'm gonna get better a, at these <laughs> no i think it's just a, it's a it's a progress thing because like you know when i first did my first podcast i was i was not where i am like today 
like yeah. after doing like over 800 episodes, you kind of get a certain groove. And yeah. when a lot of podcasters will stop after 12 episodes, that's like the number. The most okay. podcasters actually stop after 12 if they don't hit the goal. And I think they're giving themselves like two, that's like not enough time to kind of open it up. Cause I've been out here since 2016. Okay. And I kind of tried things and did things. And, and like, you have to kind of warm up. And it's yeah. like, even as a musician, it took me 20 years to actually get to the front. Mm -hmm. And that was my own progression. And people okay. said, well, why didn't you do that 20 years ago? Everybody has their own journey. You know, absolutely. You're going to hit, hit, hit where you need to be when you're ready to hit it. You yeah. know, Ex absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I agree. You know, and the turning point, that's the part I was trying to get to here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, turning point. I mean, I think there are a lot of turning points. I, there's not just one. There are a lot of turning points that I came across. I mean, you know, just the realization that I, I didn't know who I was. I didn't realize that I didn't know who I was. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Um, I didn't learn how to even love myself until I was like in my mid thirties. I didn't really grasp what it was. I mean, I, I've heard people say, oh yeah, you need to love yourself, love yourself. But what, what did that really feel like? Now I actually know. And knowing that it's like, I, I won't put myself in any situations that are, you know, not beneficial to me or beneficial for everyone. And um, turning points. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of them. So to say one, I don't, I can't really pinpoint one, but yeah. What I find over time is like people self-sabotage, people don't know who they are or they they follow you know you know something that they aspire to be but they never speak it like the thing what i learned over time is like if you never verbalize what you want then it actually doesn't become real and and a lot of people are like well you keep it in like so as a musician part of the, what we do is like because we take what's inside and mm -hmm. we bring it out mm -hmm. so we make it happen and we actually do a lot of things that are very personal yeah. And very, you know, and, and, and when you put that out, it's, it, what we find is cathartic. Mm -hmm. Like, but a lot of people, they don't know how to do that because they, 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 they're never shown as a kid the tools to do that. A lot of people say, well, kind of keep yourself in check and mm -hmm. based on whatever your parents or grandparents told you, you kind of repress yourself. Absolutely. But when you're a music, an artist, any kind of artist or a creative, you tend to, to access those things and, and kind of bear your soul. And it, it's very cathartic, but it's kind of hard because then everybody gets to see it and then you get responses and you have to learn how to, how to handle it. You can take it personal. Yeah. If somebody doesn't like what you just did because it actually is personal because it's from you. Wow. <laughs> so so wow. I think that's kind of hard to get to a point where you can feel free mm -hmm. to do that. It, it, it takes time to actually do that. <laughs> Absolutely. You are right. I, I can remember actually saying um, when I was younger, maybe like five or six, saying, I never want to be a star. I never want to be a star because stars have the spotlight on them. People, you know, I didn't want people to be judging me or I didn't want to let anybody down. So I never wanted to be in the spotlight. And, and you're so right about that. And words are really powerful, too, because, you know, if you, you know, whatever you speak, to yourself or speak out loud it is forever out there you can't take back what you what you say you know mm -hmm. and um if you are speaking words that are uh self-limiting 
that's that's what you're going to get. It's going to be that's going to be what becomes your life. But using things like affirmations, for example, or even using, you know, things that are symbolic, like an amethyst or something like that, those things can kind of like train your brain <laughs> to think more positively. You know, I think a lot of people think of these tools like crystals or things like that as foo-foo, you know, type of things. But it's really just about, it's yeah. really about just getting your mind to think differently and more positively so you can move forward and focus on the things that you want to focus on. It's not about like, you know, you don't have to believe in the mystical this or anything yeah, like yeah. that. But yeah, it's just a tool. They're tools. And if you know how to use them, they're going to help you. Yeah, because being a, I'm a Buddhist and we kind of chant and we chant mm -hmm. our affirmations in terms of we we try to speak out what we feel is the positive, like a lot of what we believe, I'm a Nishin, Nishin Daishonin Buddhist, and we kind of believe in the law of cause and effect mm -hmm. and like negative and positive energy. And yeah. so what we feel is like, if you do something positive, then positivity comes back to you. If mm -hmm. you do something negative, negativity comes back to you. Mm -hmm. So the actions you take have consequences. Yeah. And so it's like, so if you feel, if you put out positive vibrations, you know, the frequencies in the world, then those things will come back to you in a positive way. If you put out negative vibrations, then negative incidents seem to happen. Yeah. And some people don't realize the frequencies they're putting out because they're not kind of in touch. Mm -hmm. And it might be always oh, foo-foo, but mm -hmm. like, yeah, there's, there's such a thing as having, a, you know, you've, you've been around people that had negative vibes. They don't even say one word. I'm saying. And you can feel it. So it's a real thing. It's not foo-foo. It's a real. You can feel it. <laughs> it, is. it really is. Definitely. I agree. That's why also I um, I try to be um, intentional about who's in my environment and who's in my circle on a regular basis because I feel like I have to be careful of my energy. Um, I pick up other people's energy easily and I, I sometimes can be drained by it. So I just want to make sure that what's in my in my environment is positive and uplifting so that I can focus on what I need to do. And, you know, yeah, it's important to fill yourself with positive stuff as much as possible because there's enough negativity. You want to just be find that balance as much as possible. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, so how have you to achieve peace of mind like I, I do meditation i like to do my creativity as like cathartic exercise what are the things you do to achieve peace of mind mm -hmm. well it, my peace of mind started with meditation um it's what opened up my my whole spirituality my um just the whole realization to everything came through meditation um, and awareness and just finding time for self and um, the other things that bring me peace of mind is, again, it's just using a lot of these, a lot of the tools that I've mentioned, like affirmation, even journaling. I don't really journal, but I know there are really great benefits in that. Um, I do vision boards. I do things like that. Anything that I feel like is going to help keep me in that state of peace of mind. I, I feel like, and the other thing that really I think of is just looking back and reflecting back on all the things that I've you know, I've come through, you know, who I've, who I've, I am becoming and, and where I was. Um, and knowing that each step of the way I've been supported, I've had everything that I needed provided to me, um, you know, by the universe and, and my intentions and my efforts. And that's how I think. 
Well, I think it's like, it's like why, why I've learned it even in my business, I do software design, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things we do is this lesson learned. And mm -hmm. I think like, oh, well, you know, the lessons learned that we do actually apply to like your regular life too. Mm -hmm. And I try to, to look at that when, when you, if you're an artist and you do something, right. And it, it has a good response or it doesn't have a good response. You kind of look at it. So, well, what's the lesson from this? Like, mm -hmm. what, what could I do? to actually get better connections. Like, yeah. what can I do to get better reception? Mm -hmm. And the same thing when you do your job or you, how you behave with people. So you have uh, relationships and some things don't go well. Well, like, why did they not go well? You, you start to, you know, have that kind of lesson learned. You, you review and, and you figure out, you, maybe you don't obsess about it, but you try to figure out, like, what could I do to make this work better? And I think it's like that when you have these kind of self-assessments or assessments of the general what's going on around you, mm -hmm. uh, the kind of situational awareness of, of what you do and, and, and understanding that what you do has impacts. Mm -hmm. Somebody was, oh, you know, I can't impact anything. It's like, well, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're 100% right on it. The reflection, self-reflection, especially, <laughs> you know, that, that helps every day. It helps if you do it every day. Anytime that you're interacting with anyone, any work that I do, anything like that, it's like every day because it's going to make you better, you know? So, yeah, I agree. Because a lot of people got to realize, like, like the best thing I, I like working with people that realize what they don't know. Because I'm running <laughs> to somebody and they ask, like, well, I know, like, everything. I'm like, really? Because it's like nobody <laughs> knows everything, and right. especially, like, in, 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 in IT. New stuff comes along every day. You can't know everything. We right. do 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1 1.4, because we don't know everything. Right. We have to constantly improve our stuff. And one of the cool things I, I think about, like software, it kind of applies to everybody's like your 1.1 version of yourself, 1.2, 1. But you're always progressing. You always realize that you're not perfect, that we have to fix it. And every day we fix it because we know we made there, there's something we didn't address some situation we didn't foresee and we have to address it. Yep. Self-improvement, improve every day, every day. And it should feel good. It should feel better. Cause like I said, like, like you said, you're learning about yourself each time. I mean, we change every single day. So if you're not growing, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. And I think it goes to the idea like sp sp does spirituality mean you're perfect? It's like, I think everybody knows when you're a spiritual person, you kind of accept your imperfection and you yeah. realize that you're constantly growing until you're not here. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's the, you know, you don't ever get to a point where you stop finding out new things. In my right. opinion, it's like people are like, Oh, you know, I learned everything I need to learn. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Nah, not yet. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. It's a success. Life is a, a whole uh, process. It's a process, and I'm I'm enjoying my process very much. So every the ins, outs, ups, down, whatever, they're just I'm I'm happy. <laughs> well, I think some people get anxious when they don't have the answer, right? So some mm -hmm. people try to get answers to things that are not answerable, right? To get themselves comfort. And then they get thrown down rabbit holes or they go down the wrong way right? because they, they just can't accept the random aspects of life. Like, yeah. like sometimes things are not predictable. Right. And it's kind of like the, what I always try to point out the difference between like a, a classical musician 
who is reading sheet music mm -hmm. and reading Beethoven, they know exactly what they're going to do versus like a free form jazz artist that's in a group and you have to have situational awareness and it's not on the page and you're actually responding to what's happening in real mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I love playing in that environment versus the written. Now I can read music. Mm -hmm. I find it more enjoyable to be in the free form group where I read the whole band and we're kind of playing off each other. Yeah. And we don't know where we're going to go. Yeah. And that feels to me, some people get scared of that. Yeah. They're like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I don't know what I would do. But I, yeah. I just love the idea. I don't know why, what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because that feels good to me. But some people, yeah. they're, they're totally scared of that. I, I definitely can agree uh, with that, especially in the in the artistic sense too. I mean, it's like dancing for me. I, I see people do all these this choreography stuff, and I, I'm not good at like following these little the steps and things. But get some music on and let me dance mm -hmm. intuitively. That's that's my thing. I can pick, just go with the music, yeah. go with the flow, and it's just easier. Yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like heart soul thing. You like mm -hmm. you, the thing with art when it becomes too much too logical. Yeah. Then you lose kind of the the power of some creativity is the fact that you can trust yourself, mm -hmm. and you trust your artistic instincts and your creative instincts, and you just oh, I'm just going to go with the flow. Right. Versus, I want, I need to know exactly where I'm going to go. Right. And uh, right. It, it, it's just like your logic brain versus your kind of creative brain. The yeah, creative brain is willing to deal with like imperfection or randomness or really not knowing what you're going. You just go with the heart, soul kind of aspect mm -hmm. of it mm -hmm. versus like, oh, I need to know what key I'm in. I need to know the next transition. I need to know that. And people like look at life like that. I got to know every little step or i don't feel secure <laughs> right i just came to the realization like um well not recently came to it but you know there are going to be things you know and they're going to be things that you don't know because that's just that's the law of nature i mean there's an extreme for for everything so there are going to be things that we as humans will know and there are going to be things that we just are not going to know and can you be comfortable with that I am comfortable with that, right? I don't have to keep searching. I'm not searching for answers for things that are beyond my the scope. You know, I'm comfortable in knowing that I'm in this environment and I have all the capabilities and these this wonderful um, opportunities to grow in different ways and evolve and share that with people. I think that's like amazing in itself. So. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah. So maybe we can talk about like if we people look at um, are watching this, we have a link up for your website, which is www.celindawilson.com. Yeah. And uh, maybe you can talk about your business and the services you provide there. If people go to that link, what do you what do you provide there? Yeah. So if you go to that link, I offer a variety of things. The first most important thing is just to have a quick um, I say quick, but just a 30 minute consultation. Um, so I can tell you about what I can um, offer to you based on how you need me to assist you. So how can I help you uh, and see for a good match in that way if, if I'm able to assist you. And then uh, the other things that I can offer are health and wellness assessments. I am a certified holistic health practitioner. So if you need 
weight loss or any type of um, nutritional services, I can assist with that. Clarity coaching, do you need to um, figure out what your goals are and to create a plan? I can help you with that. If you're looking to you know, consider what your purpose in life is um, and create a plan to move towards that, I can help with that as well. So that's pretty much in a nutshell um, what I do. And I do have a business consulting background. So if you need assistance in that way, I can help. So kind of like a wraparound service for you. So it's like a holistic point of view because a lot of things, you know, with a holistic point of view from, you know, like the way I look at it, like it's mind, body, spirit, like health, like you're, you're looking at everything. And some people everything. might just look at one part, like, oh, I'm just look at the spirit or look at your body. But the Absolutely. problem is the holistic approach, you, you, everything in life is like you have to kind of take it as a holistic piece mm -hmm. um, because like things usually are more complex. Well, the more complicated or more complex, there's lots of inputs and outputs and everything. Oh, yeah. Right? And if you just handle one piece, then the other piece doesn't get addressed. And so everybody is is, 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 is so much more than, you know, the than what you could, uh, you know, take take a tiny piece of something and work on it, but you eventually have to look at the whole big picture, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And it's all about just, uh, you know, being a ripple in the water, you know, or planting a seed. Um, because again, whatever, wh what every person goes through is going to be a process for them. So I may not be able to get that person from here to the very end of their journey, but I definitely mm -hmm. can get them started. And so they understand what things to recognize, you know, how to go ahead and you know, rectify the situation, what tools to use to move them in a, uh, a more forward fashion. And when you've talked to somebody who's gone through a lot of things like that, it makes it a lot easier instead of trying to struggle and figure it out. You don't have to struggle. You can just uh, reach out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a lot of people need to have that conversation. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's like, why are there life coaches and mentors? Because you can't always do it yourself. Like as a musician, like you can learn so much, but then you have to have like a music teacher or, or yeah. you know, a mentor yeah. or somebody you aspire to be or other, other musicians, you learn from, from being with them, you know, right. from the interchange. And so when you have that, that, that kind of uh willing to open up, mm -hmm. I think that's where, that you're only going to solve something if you speak to it, if you're in a, like a relationship and yeah. you never say what you don't like, well, how is your partner ever going to know? Right. If you never, <laughs> never tell them they're supposed to automatically, they're their soulmate. They should just <laughs> automatically know. They should just automatically know. And people make the mistake. It's like, well, he's not here. Like, did you ever say it? <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> oh, wait really, a minute. <laughs> did you ever really tell them what you wanted? Right. You know, or did you assume that they just knew? Right. <laughs> that happens so much. <laughs> oh man. But you know, yeah, that's why that's why there's life coaches out there to kind of, you know, sometimes people get, I don't know, I want to say stuck, but they're kind of like in their they're in their world right now. So maybe it takes a little inspiration or just another perspective to kind of put a little light in there or drop a little seed in there for them to go, Oh, okay. And, and that's what we want. We want people to, you know, see differently so that they can live differently, live better, you know, cause there's yeah, better I think ways. everybody has. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get to the point where you get comfortable. Cause like, like I, 
like again my journey like i was not a person that would be mm -hmm. doing this podcast if you looked at the the 17 year old version of myself i could not communicate at all mm -hmm. right i was very <laughs> bad at it and uh you know now today i've been able to do things that you know the older you know, the younger version of myself was like wow i was so scared of everything yeah. and and it's it's really how it's interesting how you can evolve yeah. as a person you know and and actually look back at the younger version of yourself and say wow mm -hmm. you know and it, it's it's like it's a process but you you have to you have to actually deal with it head on and a lot of people that's the hardest first step is to actually acknowledge that you need to actually have a mentor or acknowledge right. you need a life coach or you need somebody to do some holistic talk, you know, a conversation with your, you know, because some people, if they're not ready, how are they going to ever get there? You know, right. so how do you, how do you, you know, get somebody to be ready? <laughs> Maybe you can't, they have to you be don't. ready. You don't, you don't, they have to be ready. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when they are, there'll be life coaches around, but um, until then, you know, live and let live. And when it's time, they will. Now, now, there was something that was interesting. One of the questions, that, well, the, one of the things you had uh, here was like, has any advice you've given ever backfired or been wrong? So that was, that was something that you had as a question you're ready to answer. So Yeah. <laughs> um, no, not that I can think of that's backfired or gone wrong. Not, at least not yet, but I mean, you know, hopefully, hopefully not that's ever. <laughs> That, but, that's you know. cool. <laughs> well, I would say be, be, being a dad, dad with 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 a twenty two year old daughter, mm -hmm. I probably say there's a bunch of things I've told her that she's like, "Well, Dad, you're totally wrong." <laughs> uh, I was like, "I guess so." Yeah, like, okay. to... <laughs> um, yeah, maybe in regards to some teenage things, uh, just not knowing some of the teenage things, I might have. <laughs> But in terms of like actually giving like real advice to other people outside of my home, no, I haven't come across that yet. Yeah, I think as, as a guy in America, the problem is like we've been trained to do things and, you know, and I'm the only, you know, male in my house. I have you know, a cat, my daughter, my wife, and I get told all the time, like, you know, guess what? You're wrong, Dad. <laughs> oh, dang. He's like, okay, I'm oh, sorry. It's like, because I guess you know, what's that guess? But like, I was, I was taught by you know people from from a time period of like the 1940s, mm -hmm. right? So the 1940s had very set ideas about okay. way people should be and behave, and so those things were kind of even I unconsciously embedded in my head. And over time, I've had to really learned the way things are and i think the problem is that people get like, stuck in their comfort mm -hmm. zone of oh my grandpa taught me this and my mom taught me that and my uncle mm -hmm. said that, and all these people in my church said this and so then they get stuck in a paradigm and but the world is evolving outside of that and they're like well i don't feel comfortable with that mm -hmm. and then you know we're, we're having a 22 year old daughter, there's a whole different things going on in her generation that that like oh wow that my mm -hmm. the grandparents are like what, <laughs> but but like I have had to like evolve faster than they can. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. My son, he's 20. He's 20 as well. And definitely that generation is actually I, I, I see a lot of positive things happening with that generation right now. But um, there's there's a lot of things to catch up on on my end. I feel like I kind of feel like I kind of feel like it was when my grandmother would be like looking at our music and being like, oh, my goodness, you're listening to that or you're oh, my goodness, you're doing this. <laughs> you know, yeah. I kind of feel like just a little it's just a little bit different. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking like, yeah. I feel like I'm in older. D definitely. Yeah, role older. Reversal. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember like your mom was 17 year old and like, hey, that mom and dad, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go to the club. I'm going to do hang out with these people. And yeah. this is my music. And like my father, like, was telling, like, like my father tell my grandpa about James Brown. And my, you know, my, you know, my grandpa's like, well, that's too much. And my dad said, no, it's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like every generation is going to have, somebody kind of pushing the envelope, you know, and, and, you know, the, the kids are like into this and the parents are like, what, what, right. but it's like, okay, you know, that's what happens. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but there's all the things going on where the acceptance of like, you know, there's human beings just yeah. accepting each other. And, uh, yeah. you know, we, we were kind of told certain things and the world changed it. Yeah. And we've got all, all these people all over the planet. Yeah. That, yeah and it, it's not just us. Right. So like, there's so many different cultures and religions and all things. And so it's, it, you have to be a little bit more open-minded. Yeah. Because like your, your kids might bring home people that you never have had to deal with before. And, Absolutely. and then suddenly, how are you going to handle that? If you're going to stay like in a rigid paradigm. Right. Or, you know, you I think. I, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree. I think that if people just, you know, there's so much beauty and diversity and the different minds and perspectives. I know that, you know, everybody comes from different backgrounds and so they have different perspectives, but if people just really think about the common things that we all want, which is to feel love, to, to have, you know, stability, security, we have all the same type of things that we want in life. And definitely we can, you know, build community and connection and communication with one another if we are willing to change our perspectives. So it's another project that I'm working on right now to kind of help um, businesses with their their like workplace culture because I think it's something that definitely could use some improvement. I like being like a lot of times in in the world I'm in in in, in IT and software. I, I go in a room and I'm like the only guy that looks like me. Right. Mm. For 20 years, it's been mm. like that most of the time. Maybe mm. there's one other person. Okay. And and the other thing also is like my, my daughter's into disability advocacy because okay. she she has a disability and she's an artist and she's been going around. Well, she's been doing a lot of projects. She's actually in a residency involved with being an art director, supporting arts for people with disabilities and, nice. and, and letting people know that they should open up, mm -hmm. you know, arts. Nice. And make it more welcoming to people with disabilities mm -hmm. because there's tons of artists with disabilities, but sometimes the art uh, areas or, or the, the art world sometimes has not been quick to adjust to that reality that you should be welcoming to every type of artist, you know, and, and so it's the same kind of thing, the diversity, mm -hmm. like, there's the acceptance of people's, you know, that have 
problems, but doesn't mean they can't be a great artist and you're not you welcome them into the community and just, you know, being more humanistic. Yeah. To realize that, you know, giving access to people that's ADA compliant, yeah. that's, uh, that's, you know, equal opportunity compliant, you know, it gives you more voices. If more voices are in the room, then you mm -hmm. might be able to get to markets that you didn't think you could. Right. So it, it actually can be good for business. You can make profit. It's not always going to take away from profit. Yeah. So, you know, that's, a, I think, a learning curve for some of the business people out there is they, oh, it's going to cost us money. It's like, well, you can get to new markets. It's just Don't like. always think about the cost. <laughs> I, I just, I always wonder, like, why do people not want to just do the right thing or do what feels right in your being like maybe that feels right to people but for me that that doesn't seem like it would feel right um you know and and what happened to being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes i think that's a really wonderful lesson to show you um, empathy for other people and compassion for other people to be able to put yourself in other people's shoes in that moment or in whatever situation how would you feel if it were you can give you a better idea of how to, you know, connect with people because, you know, if you rely on all of your past paradigms and, um, you know, uh, rely on all those type of things, you really might block or miss out on some wonderful connections, some opportunities to learn and grow in different ways. And yeah, that's, I want to, I want to be able to change stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I think what happens is some people get into camps and then they say, oh, that's a special interest group. And I said, mm -hmm. well, all human beings are, yeah, we're human beings. So is somebody with a disability a special interest group? Is somebody with a different religion a special interest group? They're a human being. <laughs> Maybe they're not in the majority, but just that doesn't make them some special interest that you don't have to pay attention to because now you labeled them. You know, it's and the, the problem we have is, we have a lot of people who go, well, yeah, that's a special interest group. So what does that mean? So that means you don't have to accommodate. You don't have to listen. You don't have to hear them because now you put them in a box and say, well, that's somebody I don't, don't need to pay attention to. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I see going on where people we say, oh, I can put them in that box. And that means that they're not legitimate. And I think that that's what I think we make a lot of mistakes in society is people go try to say, oh, I can put them in, a, I can tick them on this box. And that means I don't have to deal with them. Or I can delegitimize them, or I can not have to, you know, address their concerns because oh, they're not, they're not in my group. So I think that's where people have to kind of open up. Definitely, definitely will help with a lot. It will raise the vibrations of the society just yeah. to open your mind just a little. Yeah, yep. And it's hard to do that because some people come from comfort zones. Yeah. And the same thing that stops you from getting to your the place you need to be and you know, from a, from a microcosm level. Cause mm -hmm. one thing I learned like in sociology, you have like microcosm, you have macrocosm. Yeah. Some of the things from the microcosm affect the mac macrocosm mm -hmm. from a societal perspective. You have societal impacts and you have mm -hmm. micro individual impacts. Mm -hmm. Eventually a bunch of micro and individual impacts affects the whole society Absolutely. and the macrocosm affects the individual. So it's kind of like, you can't have all, it's not all or one. It's all intertwined. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is this is where like the holistic thinking comes mm -hmm. in, where you know if you have a holistic thinking, like you're saying in terms of therapy, but the, like the whole society, 
you have to think in terms of all the impacts. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They want to compartmentalize. They want to put it here and put it there. And, and like, well, you know, that's not how the environment is. <laughs> it's not. It's really not. I, I mean, go walk out in nature. It's not really like that. Everything's kind of all over everywhere. So, yeah. you know. It's going to happen. And you put out the, you know, it's like you, you put something in the river. It gets in the river, it gets in the water, it gets in the ocean, it gets in the air. Then yeah. You can't just say, well, it's just there. Nick, no. No. It it's went like, everywhere. <laughs> we, yeah. Um, I mean, and, and I know it's a possible thing. I think people feel like some of the changes, are we able to get people to work together and things like that? And you definitely can. I mean, I've, I've been able to put together individuals coming into a classroom from different backgrounds, different ages, to come together and learn how to connect and communicate, find partnership, like really encourage each other. Yeah, yeah. And so I know it's a doable thing. Um, and like I said, very diverse groups, you can do it. You just have to want to, you know, put out that positive energy and treat people how you really would want to be treated. Just always think of that too. Well, you know? You're a personal development enthusiast and you're mm -hmm. very enthusiastic about that, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that's a positive thing. You know, like mm -hmm. I said, I, I believe in positivity. I believe in, uh, you know, good effects. Uh, yeah. if, if you put if you put the best foot forward every day, you take that step forward. Yeah. Yeah, either way I look at it, you know, being a cancer survivor, every day I wake up and I can get up and do something. And I just go, that's a win. For real. <laughs> right. That's a win for me. So, so but that, when people start thinking about like, you know, maybe say, well, well, well that's obvious. It's like, mm -hmm. it's not so obvious to everybody. Right. Like some people, you have to actually get them to think that way because some people yeah. get into depression and they don't feel that way. Yeah. Every day they wake up and it's not a win. Yeah. You know? And so that that's that's if you can help people develop themselves where they can get that kind of enthusiasm. Absolutely. For just waking up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that it's, seriously. I think it's a positive thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So, you know. Reach out to me, you know, if you're if you want to. I'm I'm happy to help anyone um, that has questions or needs yeah, advice. Yeah. Well, I think it's great to talk to people. You know, that's why we do the podcast is to mm -hmm. get people to understand the different points of view that people have. And uh, I, I encourage people to go to your website, www.salendawilson.com, and um, Thank you for being a guest. We do have another podcast tonight, but we did uh, have a, a really enjoyable conversation. This podcast will be everywhere. Podcasts can be listened to from iHeartRadio to Spotify to Apple to Amazon to Google Play by tomorrow. But it is, tonight it is on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and it will be there permanently on those platforms. And we'll send a landing page for all your listeners and watchers uh, so they can watch however or listen however they want to. So Wonderful. again, thank you for being on the Bam Electric Ghost podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Have a good night. You too.